Welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, the history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get going. Now, where I live, we're starting to get into colder and snowy weather, so today's topic might seem a little bit out of season, but we are going to go ahead anyway. A couple weeks back, my mother, sister, and I went to an antique fair in a town that's about two hours away. The drive itself was beautiful as the town is nestled in the tops of the mountains and the leaves had just started to turn. The clouds felt extra close as we went from our sunny little town to our destination, which was about 20 degrees colder, which we were not prepared for. I was wearing sandals. It was very cold and wet. We got there and had a good walk about the place. And as we were getting ready to leave, my mother stopped at one stand that was selling caramel or caramel, however you like, and she brought us over. We tried some of the best caramel I've ever had, and the man had proudly made a number of different flavors for his caramel. Caramel. I'm going to be doing that the whole next. 30 seconds. (laughs) From classic salted caramel to the more creative pumpkin spice, as well as a chipotle flavored caramel, which he said was great on veggies. My favorite, however, was his chocolate caramel that tasted like hot fudge. Growing up after a hard day at school, I'd go home and grab some ice cream and hot fudge to make the day just a little bit better. Not all the time, but probably too much. I have an unfortunate sweet tooth. (laughs) And at that time, I was running around a lot doing soccer. So like now I have to work a little harder for that to still be okay. (laughs) So I also have a confession to make. When I was younger, like pretty young, and we would have ice cream for dessert as a family, I liked my ice cream a little bit soupier. Like I liked it a little bit melted, not all the way, but a little bit. And in my mind, The light bulbs above our head were a source of light and therefore a source of heat, which is technically true, even though the heat is very, very small. So in order to help my ice cream melt a little faster, I would stand on top of our kitchen table and hold my ice cream bowl up closer to the light bulb, holding it up like I was offering my ice cream to the light bulb gods. Eventually, I learned that this wasn't exactly how it worked, but like I did this for a few years at least. And I mean, by the time I was done trying to melt my ice cream with a light bulb, it had melted a little bit from the temperature in the room anyway, so technically it all worked out fine. For all the times that you've enjoyed a good old-fashioned hot fudge sundae as recent as last week or as a marker of your childhood, let's take a few moments for a little bit of gratitude for a good old-fashioned ice cream sundae. Before we get to hot fudge, let's first talk about the Sunday. The first recorded use of the word Sunday, A-E, in the Oxford Dictionary came about in Ithaca, New York in 1892 in an advertisement. At that time, the Sunday was spelled with a Y, like the day of the week, although ice cream Sunday can be spelt ending in A-E. And we'll talk about why that happened later. The story goes that it got its name because the pharmacy in Ithaca, by the name of Platt and Colt's Pharmacy, would serve the ice cream dessert after church on Sunday in 1892. Platt of Platt and Colt created the ice cream sundae, but he did this with a Unitarian church minister named John M. Scott, and they kind of just did it more on a whim than anything. One day, Platt took a plate of ice cream and covered it with candied cherries and cherry syrup and called it a cherry sundae because it was created on a sundae. Later, his pharmacy also sold chocolate and strawberry sundaes. Platt tried to patent his use of the word sundae for the dessert a few years later in 1894. It's possible this is where the alternative spelling with the ending of A-E came from. It's also possible that the A-E ending came from other proprietors who were trying to avoid the patent. Now, there are a few different stories about how the ice cream sundae got started, and some of them say that the sundae was a riff off of another popular frozen dessert at the time, the ice cream soda. 
According to the Illinois Library in Evanston, selling soda was not allowed on Sunday because it was thought to be excessively frilly. So this was part of a number of laws passed in a couple different states called the Blue Laws. However, by the 1900s, ice cream sundaes became a popular weekend sweet. Around this time as well, there were a number of other sundaes on the menu, with the Ice Cream Trade Journal for 1909 listing a few more like the Robin Hood Sunday, Angel Cake Sunday, Cherry Dip Sunday, Cinnamon Peak Sunday, French Sunday, Opera Sunday, Knickerbocker Sunday, Tally Ho Sunday, George Washington Sunday, Fleur d'Orange Sunday, and more. I don't know about you, but I feel like we just like traipsed all over Europe with all of those names. Now, the origins of the Sunday are very contested, something we seem to run into a lot. Various locations claim the honor, including New Orleans, Louisiana, Plainfield, Illinois, New York City, and Cleveland, Ohio. There's an even bigger rivalry, however, that has been named the Sunday Wars between Ithaca, New York, and Two Rivers, Wisconsin. The story in Two Rivers goes that George Haller asked the owner of Burner's Soda Fountain to put some chocolate syrup on his ice cream in 1881. The owner, Edward C. Burner, ended up selling these chocolate-topped ice creams on Sundays only. However, these claims are still a bit contested as Burner would have only been about 17 or 18 years old in 1881, so like, not super likely to have had his own soda fountain shop. Who knows? Although later claims said that this invention of the Sunday happened in 1899, not 1881. An advertisement in the Buffalo Evening News and the Buffalo Courier for a Buffalo drugstore in Buffalo, New York, go figure, in 1889, advertised an ice cream dessert topped with whipped cream and fruit syrup. So another possible start. Another claim came from Evanston, Illinois. Evanston was one of the first states to forbid selling ice cream sodas in 1890 in the Sunday Blue Laws of the state. So we already mentioned lots of states were prohibiting the selling of soda on Sunday. That is a tongue twister. To get around the law, some people sold ice cream with syrups and without any soda on Sundays. Now, as far as the spelling of the dessert goes, the ice cream sundae, the story goes that because the dessert was still sold on Mondays, not just Sundays, local Methodist church leaders protested the dessert being named after Sunday, so they changed the spelling to Sunday with an A-E instead of Sunday with an A-Y. And another claim to ice cream Sunday fame comes from Plainfield, Illinois. The story there goes that a local druggist, so another pharmacy, by the name of Mr. Sonntag, which, if you know your German, Sonntag means Sunday, he was asked to make a new dessert by his frequent patrons. And he created an ice cream Sunday, naming it after his own last name. Now, let's also define a sundae. It's a frozen dessert of U.S. origin and usually involves one or more scoops of ice cream, along with toppings like sprinkles, sauces, maraschino cherries, peanuts, marshmallows, and other fruit. If you're adding bananas, you're likely making a banana split. There are some other icy desserts that could almost be considered in the same family as the sundae, like the Knickerbocker Glory, the banana split, and even a brownie sundae. There's also a hot fudge sundae, the one that I really like. And the credit for this invention goes to C.C. Brown of Los Angeles in 1906. He had to experiment a lot to get the hot and cold ratios just right between the cold ice cream and the hot fudge, but when he got it right, he started selling them out of his shop in Hollywood. While ice cream sundaes have been enjoyed for well over 100 years by now, the largest ice cream sundae in the world weighed in at just under 55,000 pounds. So that's 54,914 pounds to be exact. Palm Dairies in Alberta, Canada was responsible for making this huge ice cream sundae in 1988. Now, no matter how you're having your ice cream sundae, ice cream desserts are very popular in the United States with an estimated 98% of households having ice cream in their freezer. So, whether you prefer hot fudge, cherries, bananas, brownies, or something else entirely, I hope that you've had a few good ice cream sundaes in your life. And hopefully a few more in your future. 
For all these reasons and more, I am very grateful for ice cream sundaes. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.